Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Nee in China in the first half of the 20th century, before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these Life Study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the life studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org, or call us, toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now let's join today's program. Consider for a moment the religions of the world. Whether or not you agree with the various approaches and teachings, it's fair to say that all religions begin of good intentions and noble ideals. But inevitably, one common condition befalls all religions over time. Hypocrisy. The difference between those high ideals and teachings and the eventual practices and living of its adherents. The one striking exception to this universal is the life and the living of the Lord Jesus Christ. His living on earth was in stark contrast to the hypocrisy of the religion of that day, and the reality of his divine life lived out in his members remains in the same contrast today. Francis Ball has joined us as we fellowship on chapter 12 of Luke and three warnings that we're going to uh, get into today. Welcome back, Francis. This looks uh, like a very interesting time together, Chris. Uh, to expose religion and also to get the other warnings the Lord gives us. Francis, uh, the Lord Jesus and his disciples have been on a long journey now throughout most of this gospel, the gospel of Luke, uh, beginning in Galilee in the north where most of his earthly ministry took place. And then they passed through Samaria, which is a land of rejection and really typifies the rejection that he experienced, all the time on their way to Jerusalem. He has been training them during this journey, Francis, to live a life after his own in the highest standard of morality that they could fully participate in the reality of the jubilee in this age and therefore be participant in a fuller way in the coming age. But in coming to Jerusalem, we see a big difference, don't we, between what the Lord Jesus has his mind set on and what the disciples have their mind on. I'd like to say a word, Chris, about this discrepancy because obviously when you uh, see what the Lord Jesus is doing, in going into Jerusalem. He has one intention there, but all this time the disciples have been with him. They've watched him. He gained in popularity. He gained in uh, getting responses from people, even though they rejected him. Yet there was something happening to them, like he's going into Jerusalem to take over the kingdom right, and establish the kingdom. So his thought is not that way at all, we're going to see. But uh, their thought was, now... The Lord Jesus, our leader, is ready to go to Jerusalem and take over the kingdom, and maybe one of us will sit on his right and the other will sit on his left. This is our argument now when they're going. They have a different view altogether. But the Lord Jesus is not going there to take over the kingdom. He's going there to die. 
And that is a concept that uh, they have a very difficult time, as I believe probably we do as well, understanding, grasping, embracing, uh, probably because he kept trying to point out to them that it was not only to be his fate, but it must be theirs also in a very real way, uh, dying to the self and to the soul life. Now, today, we come to this matter in chapter 12 of three serious warnings, actually, that he gives uh, the disciples. They're spoken primarily in the way of parable. They deal with uh, the hypocrisy of religion, which we've already touched on and we'll get into in more detail, Uh, then covetousness, and finally, a parable, a warning on being watchful and faithful regarding the coming day of the Lord's return. Let's look at the first of these three warnings in chapter 12, verse 1, this matter of hypocrisy. I'll just read a couple of verses of a fairly long section, actually. Uh, In verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, when the myriads of the crowds were gathered together so that they trampled on one another... He began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. But there is nothing covered up which will not be revealed, and hidden which will not be known. Therefore, what you have said in darkness will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in the private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. Mm. Strikes some concern in us, doesn't it? Also, it as we really read does. These. That's quite uh, quite a warning. Well, this matter of uh, religion and the hypocrisy of religion is a big thing in the Gospels and in the life of the Lord Jesus. We're going to touch that now in this next section. Let's go to Witness Lee. There are three kinds of warnings in chapter twelve: the warning of the religious hypocrisy, and the warning concerning the. Uh, physical possessions due to our anxiety of life. And the third one was a warning concerning our watchfulness and faithfulness. These three kinds of warnings are just a continuation of chapter 11, right? In chapter 11, we see that we have to learn to pray to pray ourselves into God that we may remain in Him and that He may fill us with all His riches of the all-inclusive life-giving Spirit, that we may live a life up to the highest standard of morality for the real enjoyment, the real participation in the New Testament Jubilee. Yet, When the Lord Jesus was talking about this, he was approaching Jerusalem. Don't forget, he was on the way to Jerusalem. And you have to know, Jerusalem at that time was a center of two things. A center of the Jewish religion and a center of the highest culture, full of physical possessions. And people living there, they were all for these two things, for their religion and for the earthly possessions that they may enjoy a better life. For these two things, the Lord Jesus was going to Jerusalem to die to Jewish religion and to die to that best culture. He was not going there to participate in those things. He was going to die to all of them. The law would not appreciate that religion. Neither the law would treasure that earthly possession. So, after chapter 11, 
look to how the Lord had no heart on the religion, nor he had any heart on that earthly possession in Jerusalem. So in this chapter, chapter 12, he warned the disciples of the hypocrisy of the Jewish religion. Francis, the two striking characteristics of Jerusalem, the destination now of the Lord Jesus with his disciples on this journey, it was the, of course, the religious capital where all of the religious activity was centered around the temple and the uh, Levitical priesthood and all of the things of the Jewish religion. Also, it was a place of great uh, material wealth and the people's possessions there were very important. I think uh, we have a lot of parallels to that in our society today. Uh, and as you pointed out uh, in the introduction, the Lord Jesus had one thing in mind going to this place, and the disciples saw it in a completely different light. Let's talk about how he was going specifically to die to these two things. Mm-hmm. Well, this is quite an exposure, I think, even of us today. The religions that have been introduced, I think you mentioned a while ago that uh, all those religions had a good intention. They want to serve God. They want to be right with God, all this sort of thing. But every one of them turns out to be hypocritical. Right. And when we head out to establish a religion, to uh, to serve God, to do what's good and to be right, uh, this is really in contrast to what the Lord Jesus had been teaching his disciples as he went along. The main thing was in his teaching and in his action as he led his disciples through those places that you mentioned a while ago, he was always showing them the highest standard of morality. And when we look back over all the things that we've had on the program already about that high standard, we realize everything with the Lord Jesus was genuine, was not a a pretense, and uh, religion just turns out to be a, a big pretense. And he even points out here as a warning to the disciples that whatever they've said in darkness and in the ear in the private closet is going to be announced on the housetop. And whatever they've done in secret is going to be brought to the light. And this is a real exposure of the hypocrisy of religion. No matter how much we intend to love the Lord and to do things for the Lord, every kind of uh, intention like that is from our own religious nature. And eventually, it just falls into hypocrisy. We pretend to be something that we really are not. It's quite striking that the backdrop here is that he has recently passed through Samaria, this land of rejection. Of course, the Samarians were all rejected by the religious ones, the Pharisees and Sadducees. They looked down on the Samaritans. And the Lord Jesus, in the parable, uh, identified himself as the Samaritan, really pointing to the kind of rejection he was going to suffer from these uh, religious hypocrites, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. He was uh, really bringing to light the fact that this rejection was going to be their portion, too, if they follow him. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Uh, He's going to point out that the disciples following the Lord Jesus, we have to understand, all had this Jewish religious background as what they were bringing to New Testament and the New Covenant and the new uh, dispensation that the Lord was introducing. So they had a lot of cargo, a lot of baggage to deal with. Dear saints, you have to realize that all his followers... By that time, not one was not a Jew. All of them were Jewish. All of them came out of the Jewish source, and they did have a deep appreciation of their Jewish religion. Most of them 
regarded the Pharisees to the uttermost. This thought, the Pharisees were people holding the high standard of morality. That was their thought. But when the man Savior was approaching Jerusalem, reaching the center of that hypocritical religion, he began to expose the hypocrisy of that religion to all his followers. He said, my disciples, beware of the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven. Following this, the hypocrisy in religion eventually becomes a persecution to the genuine followers of Jesus. In other words, if you are today in the New Testament Jubilee, you beware that in religion it is full of hypocrisy, and this hypocrisy will become a persecution to you. Even today it's the same. Why? Because the genuine followers while they are enjoying the New Testament Jubilee, I tell you, they will be opposed by the hypocritical people in the hypocritical religion. And their opposition surely will turn out to be a kind of persecution to the genuine followers of the Lord Jesus in the New Testament Jubilee. Francis, I thought it was interesting here. No doubt these, uh, the disciples of the Lord Jesus had for their lifetime held the leaders of the Jewish religion in quite high esteem and regard, considering that these were really the people with the top morality. But the morality that you pointed out a moment ago that they were seeing in the living of the Lord Jesus was uh, so much higher than this. It all had the intent and purpose to really educate the disciples here that the standard of morality that we're talking about in the New Testament Jubilee is on a completely different plane, and it will be those very ones that they were regarding that will be the source of rejection. If it was their case, can we expect that it will be any different today? You know, I was just going to say that uh, this really relates to where we are today. This is not a new thing. This is really the tendency always. We regard certain ones to be uh, really something that they're not. The only thing that will uh, produce the kind of morality that the Lord Jesus was presenting to these disciples through all of his way with them was the kind of morality that only can come by Jesus Christ himself living in us. So uh, this high standard of morality is a living of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's what he was presenting to them, not for them to mimic by their own uh, strength and their own religious concept. He was a real living God-man. He was God in man, living this kind of moral standard in front of his disciples and bringing them into that kind of life. So the uh, the fallacy of religion is that it just produces a lot of hypocritical notions and actions. So it makes it a, a facade. So the Lord Jesus has warned them, don't be distracted by this facade. Don't be distracted by the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, and not to be involved in it, the ones that they regarded to be so high in their moral conduct, they will find out that they will be their very opposers. It seemed that uh, as you track some of the stories, some of the encounters between the Lord and these religious ones that uh, always seemed to expose, they had a very keen sensitivity 
and uh, an opposition to any enjoyment that the disciples of the Lord Jesus seemed to be brought into. And they were always quick to point out, uh, John's disciples do one thing, but your disciples seem to be uh, living another way. And that always bothers religion, doesn't it? If the lovers of the Lord Jesus are really involved in the experience and enjoyment of him. That's right. That enjoyment is a threat to religion, and it causes it to stir up in an opposition to find fault. Well, we have two other uh, warnings that are part of this chapter we want to touch briefly in this final segment. Uh, In verse 15 of chapter 12, And he said to them, Watch and guard yourself from all covetousness, for no one's life is in the abundance of his possessions. And then later, near the end of the chapter, in verses 35, 36, and 37, Let your loins be girded and your lamps burning, and you be like men waiting for their own master when he returns from the wedding feast so that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those slaves whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Truly, I tell you that he will gird himself and will have them recline at table, and he will come to them and serve them. What a promise, Francis, Uh, if we remain watchful and faithful. The Lord Jesus will serve us at his table. Right. Amen. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The Lord told the disciples another kind of warning. What is this? That is, uh in Jerusalem, in the great city, in the capital, there was not only the peril of religious hypocrisy, there was also the peril of the covetousness of the earthly possessions. Here's the case that a man came to ask man Savior to uh, divide the inheritance that belonged to him and to his brother. The Lord Jesus took this as a chance to warn his disciples of covetousness. Your life in God doesn't depend upon the earthly possessions. You have to lay up a treasure in heavens. So from this point onward, he charged the disciples to be clear that you don't need to be anxious about your eating, your clothing, because your Father in heaven takes a good care of you in these things. If we are seeking his kingdom, that is the enjoyment of the New Testament Jubilee. If we are seeking the Jubilee, surely he will take care of your physical need. Then, lastly, another warning concerning our watchfulness and our faithfulness. Don't be captured by today's religion. And don't be distracted by today's anxiety. You must learn to be watchful and to be faithful, to serve your Lord, who is coming back. You see, in the New Testament, Jubilee is of two ages, the age of the grace and also the age of the kingdom. The age of grace is today, and the age of kingdom is the next age, this millennium. The Lord warned Peter James Young, you all may be in the participation of the Jubilee in this age of grace. But you may miss the Jubilee in the coming age. Why? Because while I'll be absent, 
uh-huh, you will not be watchful. And you will not be faithful. For you and me to participate in the Jubilee in this age, we have to be warned of the hypocrisy of the present religion. We also have to warn of the anxiety concerning the earth's possessions. If you take care of the two warnings, you will enjoy the jubilee today in the age of grace. Yet, while you are enjoying the jubilee in the present age, you have to be watchful. You have to be faithful during his absence. Francis, I was considering there as we were listening the hypocrisy of the religious world and its effect on us and the anxiety and care of possessions and riches in this age, I can't think of two things that have a greater potential danger, damage for the body of Christ today. Can you? No, I can't. And that's uh, really what the Lord is aiming at here, that we would not be affected by this hypocrisy in religion, not adopt a religion that makes us just hypocritical. But we need a life The life that the Lord has given us by receiving him, it is the life that does not carry things out in a religious way, but it's a life that lives a high standard of morality that uh, he's demonstrated and he's lived before his disciples through all this time. And uh, the other thing about the covetousness, this man approached Jesus and said, cause my brother to share the, uh, the inheritance with me. This shows he was just interested in the material gain. And this is another very, very strong pull, especially on young people today who have a desire really to be for the Lord. And yet they have to know what's in it for me. What material will they gain? But the Lord told them they should never be distracted by this covetousness, by the material gain. The Lord certainly is faithful, and he will meet all the needs of those who serve him. Actually, the wheels of this uh, whole society is run by anxiety. That's right. If there was no anxiety, there would be no desire, there'd be no ambition, there'd be no inventions. But when we come to the Lord and we know he's our supply, we can faithfully and we can uh, fearlessly follow him and take him as our life and as our supply. These two aspects, these two warnings about religion and about uh, covetousness have to do with our enjoyment of the Jubilee today. Right. That means the freedom from sin, the freedom from uh, all these things that uh, overpower humans. We got that kind of uh, Jubilee by coming to the Lord and by uh, not taking up religious way or being involved with uh, our own covetousness. But there's another aspect of this Jubilee that's future. Right. That has to do with our watchfulness and our faithfulness to the Lord. And uh, he points out very clearly in the verses you read that He will really take care of us, and not only that, but if we're found watchful and faithful, when he comes and actually sets up his kingdom, he will come and serve us himself. This is too marvelous. That's what's waiting for those who would be faithful to him and watchful in their waiting for him. The promise, uh, Francis, attached to these warnings, I think we need to close by emphasizing that if we live in the reality of the Jubilee today, all of our needs will surely be met by him. Right. And if we live that way, we have a great deal, as you pointed out, to look forward to at his coming, don't we? That's right. Well, uh, I wish we had more time. We do have more life studies from the Gospel of Luke ahead, however, and we'll have an opportunity to visit this topic again before we're through. And I invite you back whenever you're able. 
Thank you very much. I'd love to be in on it. Okay, our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. And if you'll call us or contact us, uh, we'll tell you about how you can receive the printed Life Study messages that develop these points in a great deal more detail. And again, 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America, and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.